Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author, media and PR coach, copywriter, editor and proofreader, and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, before we get into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know that I've opened up enrollment again to my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. I ran the course for the first time earlier this year with a group of vegan business owners and entrepreneurs from across the globe over a 12-week period. And it now comes with a full 12 months of group coaching, including a monthly live question and answer call. You can also post your questions on the learning platform and you can post your pitches to get feedback from me before you send them to journalists. So you've basically got me holding your hand, helping you to do your own PR for a full year. It's a great value program. It's way more affordable than similar courses and it's the only one that's specifically aimed at vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. Some of the current students have already got media coverage in mainstream and specialist newspapers, magazines, radio and TV shows. So if you'd like to get your vegan brand or yourself featured in the media, but you don't have the budget to hire a publicist or a PR agency, then I highly recommend you check out this program. You get full and immediate access to the materials as soon as you enrol. You can find out all the details by going to veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the link for the course Vegans in the Limelight. In this episode, I interview Day Radley, a vegan chef in London in the UK. Day has worked across three continents launching and running restaurants. She became a chef in 2010 after many years as a passionate foodie. After starting out in high-stress minimum-wage kitchens, she quickly rose to head and executive chef and went on to work as a private chef. She now works as a consultant advising brands on food concept as well as a cooking teacher. She offers bespoke cooking classes in people's homes as well as public group classes and is available for private catering. Day will also be teaching the first Vegan Natural Chef course at the Centre for Naturopathic Medicine in November this year. That's 2017 if you're listening in the future. Her first book, Love.Food, is released later this month and she recently ran a successful crowdfunding campaign to raise funds to put together a pilot plant-based cooking show to pitch to mainstream TV executives. In this interview, Day discusses why trying to find your passion is not a good strategy for long-term success and what you should focus on instead, how her degree in art history and putting on an art exhibition was instrumental in launching her career as a chef, what she did to land her first job in a professional kitchen despite having no formal training as a chef, how an appearance on Sky News earlier this year came about and the benefits to her business of this and other subsequent media coverage, what makes her stand out from other vegan and plant-based chefs, what she did to make her recent crowdfunding campaign a success, and much more. Here's the interview with Day Radley. 
Hello, Day. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hello. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> It's great to have you on the show. Um, I'd say I've, I, before when we were just discussing before we came on air, I've been very excited to hear about you and some of your successes and you're doing some really exciting stuff. So looking forward to sharing that with the audience. But I always kick off with this first question to, to everyone I have on the show. Why do you do what you do? What are your drivers? What's your why? Um, a few years ago, I, I had to ask myself the same question. Um, I think I was feeling a bit lost um, and I didn't really know in what direction, you know, I should go. I mean, I knew I knew that I loved cooking and I knew that I really believed in veganism, but I, I couldn't really um, see how I could really make a change in it. Um, and then. And so, so I felt quite lost at that time and I felt kind of like quite helpless as well. Um, so, so I asked myself that question uh, over about like a six month period and, you know, I, I always came back to the animals. Um, so, you know, I figured out that I'm doing it for them and that was, that became like a kind of mantra that I, that I have for myself, um, you know, that it is, that, that, that it starts and ends with them and limiting their suffering and hopefully ending their suffering. So. Um, you know, I'd heard people say about, you know, finding your purpose. I think Ryan Holiday. <laughs> yeah. about, oh, I'm just reading a book by that. him. Trust me, I'm <laughs> lying. Oh, I have fun to mention him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's great. He's great. He's a very serious young man. Uh, <laughs> but, but he has like some brilliant ideas. And, and he's almost kind of like a bit of a modern day philosopher. Although I think that he has like a way to go in his writing style. I think, you know, but, but, but I think he's definitely getting there. And he has some great ideas. And he said, you know, it's not about passion. And it's about finding your purpose because passions come and go and that's very kind of like emotion based your passion yeah. your purpose mm. that's a lot more solid and so I see that as my north star and, and while that helps and it, and it has helped and it helps focus me um it, it can also lead to burnout um and I think people who have either a purpose that is you know based on animal rights or and, you know, anything kind of charitable, uh, whether it's helping the homeless or you know helping underprivileged people or whatever, it, it's a it's a two it's a double edged sword, you know. So it helps mm. motivate you, it helps drive you, it helps keep you focused, and and you know in which direction you're going. But you also have to be careful because sometimes that can lead you to not looking after yourself properly. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we so can all relate to that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So so that's my why. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the animals based on the animals so now obviously there's a lot of things you could have done in regards to that purpose so you chose to become a chef so and a vegan chef so tell us a bit about that why did you go in that direction well well I kind of just fell into it I'd always been really interested in cooking um and done it as a hobby um you know always like created elaborate dinner parties for my friends and was really interested in cooking I've been vegan since I was 17 um so that was 1995 I became vegan so I had to become um at least an adequate chef an adequate cook at that time um but I never dreamed that I could have it as a career because at that time there weren't that many vegans to cook for um so I've been through a kind of interesting path of 
uh, being uh, in fashion as a designer maker and then going back to university to study my master's in art history. Um, and at the end of that experience, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I was living in a place where there weren't many jobs in art history. Um, I had a, an office job I was doing whilst I was at university and I thought oh well you know this is okay I can just you know sit in my office and listen to music and you know <laughs> the job's quite easy and the people are lovely maybe I should just you know put up with this but it was just killing my soul um you know it it didn't really give me anything back any enjoyment back um so so I quit that job with, with no job to go to um and I, I was doing a, um, an art exhibition in a cafe in Brighton, which is where I lived for 10 years. And the gentleman who owned it, he talked to me about me being vegan and said, well, why don't you make food for here? Cakes and pastries and stuff like that, because I'm gluten-free as well, so I could be vegan and gluten-free. Um, so I started doing that, just cooking from home, and, and I loved it. You know, I, I could do it all day, every day, and be completely happy. Wow. Um, and make money at the same time. Um, so, um, you know, being able to combine doing something practical and creative, you know, with using my hands, um, you know, that that is a very big part of me. That's what I enjoy. Um, but also being able to do it to promote a cause that I believe in. That was when those, those things came together. And I very much believe that a job has to fulfill multiple things. So it has to be something that you enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis but if it can also fulfill your ultimate kind of drivers your ultimate motivators that you know your your ideals you know the that your core beliefs then that's when you can become really happy in your work so you know I, I could have went and got a job you know working for the vegan society working in their offices which I did you know I would look every now and again at what they had on offer and you know think about going and working for a charity like that because I really believe in what they're doing but actually for someone like me working in an office it just doesn't work right Got it. that won't keep me happy so it has to be those things that kind of come together so at that point those things came together um and from there I I was quite um how can I say it I like to kind of push myself in those areas so so when I found that job I then also did a lot of other things to do with food so I got involved in a food magazine I I changed my photography slightly so it was more food photography um and I did all these other extra things on the side so then when it did get to the point of me applying for my first job in a professional kitchen I had quite a lot that I could show them you know, I had my food, so I took along samples of my food to my interview. Uh, I had the magazine that I'd been in, and I had my food photography. Um, so, you know, there was I, I I didn't leave them with any doubt that I was passionate about what I did. Really? I love yeah. that. I love how you combine that creativity that you you've obviously got that's innate to you. And even though you said you mentioned you studied art history and fashion, and you've managed to kind of use that creativity in a different way. Um, and I think that's that's really cool. And like you say, you really kind of put that together so that when you did go um, to put yourself out there as a chef, yeah, like you said, it was really obvious that, that that's what you wanted to do. That's fabulous. So mm-hmm. when you went for that job, was that a plant-based job, like where you had to cook or was it just like we work, did you have to work with animal ingredients to begin with before kind of putting yourself out there as a, a personal chef? 
So uh, my first um, job in a professional kitchen was in a vegetarian restaurant. Oh, okay. So, and it was oh. as the pastry chef. Um, so I did have to deal with eggs and dairy. Uh, but one of the reasons that they wanted me there was to increase the vegan and gluten-free food that they had. Oh, nice. Um, so although it's difficult to work with dairy and eggs, if you're doing it in order to increase the vegan offerings, then you, you know, it, it's kind of, you, you put up with it, basically, uh, because you know that you, you are doing good and that without you there, then they would just have like pretty much a complete pastry menu that is all dairy and eggs right <laughs> exactly yeah so it's for that bigger cause so, yeah 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 exactly exactly and it isn't perfect but you know vegan plant-based chefs have to make that call at the moment um there are more and more jobs in solely vegan establishments but um sometimes you know you, you can't find them at the right time or whatever and you have to make that judgment call Exactly, exactly. No, that's good advice. So in terms of you kind of branching out, so you've got your experience in the professional kitchen, in terms of you kind of branching out and effectively running your, your own business as a chef, um, what were some of your challenges when you first started out in that direction? Um, working in a professional kitchen is pretty hard. It's pretty dirty. Um, it's, not, it's not glamorous at all. <laughs> um, you know the the restaurant was was beautiful was really beautiful but you know we were in the basement in the kitchen <laughs> and you know in a really old building and it was hot and it was sweaty and I was the only woman in the kitchen um and I am fairly small uh you know big heavy pans um and you have to kind of hold your own so so I could never ask I, I never wanted to ask the guys to like lift a heavy pan for me or anything like that. So I made sure that I could do that myself. So that was actually when I started weight training. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't show a sign of weakness in that way. You know, the, the chefing environment is mainly still quite, um, quite masculine. Right. Um, so uh, it, it can... It's not, it's not a very positive environment in many kitchens, in many kitchens. Um, it can be quite kind of, not necessarily aggress aggressive, but, but not a positive environment. No. Um, a, lot of the sh a lot of the chefs are really stressed. They don't really like being chefs. Um, mm. There's a lot of like alcohol problems in, in kitchens and, and stuff like that. So, so it is... It isn't a very positive environment, which I was quite surprised at because I thought vegetarian kitchen, it's going to be really lovely and you know everyone's going to love the food and they're going to be really passionate about it. And no, it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> like that. But, um, you know, I, I, it was a good test because I loved it anyway. Fantastic. That, that so, is a good so, test. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. So yeah. were you a freelance chef then, Day? Were you working there and then you worked um, at other places? So I'm just kind of curious how you got your kind of your own business off the ground. So um, so from that position, I, I travelled abroad and I, I worked a few different places being a head chef and also setting up restaurants for people. So I set up a couple of restaurants, one in Kuala Lumpur, and then I helped set one up in Brighton as well as part of cinema. Um, so they were all you know, contracted. You know, I was employed from, for them. Um, and then I, I became a private chef in, in London. Um, 
and that was uh, 2000, yeah, about four years ago. Yeah, I came to London to do that. And then whilst I was doing that, I also started doing things like teaching and doing cooking demos and, and that type of thing. And, and then on to teaching. So, so now I'm self-employed um, and I, I mainly do, do teaching at the moment, but I have an, so a few other kind of like projects who, that are just starting now. Um, so I've got my first book out next month. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. And what's it called? Uh, so that's uh, it's called Love dot food so love food nice um and it's a 28 day plan to end chaotic eating and fall back in love with food oh lovely that's a good title (laughs) (laughs) so it's not um it's not a recipe book but it's about how to how to have a better relationship with food basically because i see so many people are having all these buying all these recipe books but not actually doing anything with them yeah Um, so and and I think part of it is is our relationship with food. Well, I think that's a big part of it. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, that's the first in a whole series actually of, of books about that. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, so you've got a really good, quite diverse, if, uh, diverse model of business. Like you say, you've you're doing the teaching and the classes, and yeah. um, so you manage to yeah to reach different people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that teaching process is really valuable. Um, just getting to talk to people about their own problems with food, seeing how they understand, you know, a recipe or don't understand it or, you know, what issues they have. I think teaching is possibly, you know, one of the best things that you can do. Um, and also just having that interaction with people as well. Um, I think so often now it's all about, you know, social media and doing stuff online and actually there's great value in in seeing people in person because I know that it inspires them a lot more to do something than if they'd just seen something on the internet yeah exactly so it's particularly with something like food as well where you literally are kind of getting it you know hands-on kind of thing that it's it's a different learning experience and I know some people quite enjoy learning online but others yeah like to kind of get there in person and and do that that's great now there's um there's a lot more vegan chefs or plant-based chefs as we're seeing now as well as nutritionists dietitians also health coaches all putting themselves out there so how do you go about standing out and uh, either both within the sort of vegan business world and outside of it and maintaining a steady flow of work so uh, when I started like my website and photographing food I looked at all of the people who were already you know doing it and their style and part of me felt like I should fit in with that and then a bigger part of me felt like I should just do whatever um represented me and who I am so so my food style and my food photography is very bright um I I didn't really like that that food style of you know everything really white and then these very kind of um set up shots that would you know you know like like the scatterings of like peppercorns next to something yes. yeah I know what you mean <laughs> and it just it felt very very fake to me um and and the kind of like white you know pale paleness of it like that isn't me at all like my food is very flavorsome it's very it's it's very um uh kind of like intense flavors and stuff like that. and I wanted that to come through um so I use a lot of like bright colors um 
you know, and, and they aren't set up shots. Like it's literally like this is why I ate today. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so so from a kind of like branding perspective, I think I differ uh, quite a lot um, because everything I do it is very bright. Um, you know, the colours on my website and, and and that type of thing. So I think that makes me stand out. But that is literally just going with with how I feel about it. I, it isn't you know, like a conscious decision of, oh, I need to make myself stand out from those people, therefore I'll do this. It's like, that is just part of me. That's who I am. And it represents quite well what I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's important and then, to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I always felt like uh, in the future, I want somebody to look at what a photo, a food, a food photo of mine in like the Guardian or whatever, and be able to go, yeah, that's a, that's a chef day. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's chef day because I can just tell by the colours and by the way she set it up. And do you know what I mean? Like it should yeah. be a real representative of you. Um, and I think definitely like my art background has helped with that a lot um you know everyone says like going to art college you know, it doesn't really help you get a job but actually oh, it, yeah it's just not the job that they think yeah exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it gives you amazing amazing like tools and you know so um I think I may have gone off your question though what was your no that was all right it was good no it's it's good it's about um yeah how you stand out amongst the others so I, I love what you've said about yeah not try because it is tempting I think we're all we're all kind of that we're going into something particularly fairly new it is tempting you know you kind of want to know what's out there you know what's in the market that's mm-hmm. a kind of a natural thing but yeah I think when we try to do that oh well they're doing that so I'll fit in and do that and I think a lot of us sort of try that to begin with and then it, it just doesn't work because it's so exhausting trying to mimic someone else and be usually a you know a lesser version of, of that person yeah. there being them so I love how you've said you know you've just kind of just got to go okay this is me and put it out there and attract the people who who love you and your style yeah. so rather than trying to please everyone yeah absolutely yeah. Cool. so in terms of marketing then now you're and the use of the word vegan this is another question I, I love asking everyone and there's so many different answers and there's no right or wrong so you're obviously very upfront in your branding your vegan chef day um so tell us a little bit about your thoughts and decisions about how much to use the word vegan as opposed to say plant-based or plant-powered or whatever you in your branding mm. and your marketing well I think that depends what um what audience you're going for um so when I I was starting out and doing my my website I wanted to be very upfront about that and I wanted to to aim at the vegan community um you know and establish myself within that community um and it just made sense to me that it was vegan chef day that it was right up there up front and that was fine but now when we're talking about things like like the tv pilot that, that i'm working on we don't mention the word vegan in it at all but that's because the audience is very different for it um so the audience for that is a mainstream audience um it isn't vegans in particular although you know they'll be very aware that they'll already know what it is you know because yeah. because of the the press that we've had like in the vegan community they'll already know that it's a vegan show uh but for the non-vegan people we don't want to have the word vegan in the title because um quite often people will go okay well I'm not vegan so that's not for me that's right yeah yeah um so we want it to be as accessible as possible um so during the show as well we don't talk about vegan issues 
We don't talk about animals. Uh, we may touch on health, but not very much. Um, it's just about cooking. Um, we want to kind of like leave the why you would do it to other people. Um, and there are great people who are doing it. Um, you know, they may have watched documentaries or somebody may have mentioned it to them or whatever, but that's kind of like not what we're doing. We're just showing them the how. Um, so it needs to be something they would, they would, you know, watch and not, not worry that they are going to be made to feel guilty about the choices that they've made up to that point. Got it. So just for listeners who, who haven't heard about this, so you've basically raised um, the funds, which is great, which we'll talk about in a moment as well, via crowdfunding mm-hmm. to make a TV pilot to pitch to executives for a mainstream plant-based cooking show, um, yeah. which is fantastic because it, it's about time. So so good. That's mm-hmm. great. So you're using, I love the, the, the tech that you've taken there is that, yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to make it as accessible as possible and keep it open to as many people as possible and introduce them to, to plant-based eating without yeah kind of putting all those other issues in so that's fantastic so on that so you as I say you've successfully uh, raised the money to do this pilot by crowdfunding I think you even went over target and that's great because a lot of vegan and plant-based crowdfunding campaigns they're often not that successful so I'm curious what would you say were your what do you think you did or what were your key strategies that you think made this crowdfunding campaign a success so I think the first one was the um, the service that I chose to go with. So I went with Chuffed.org. Um, and Chuffed is different from, say, Kickstarter in the fact that with Chuffed, it has to all be um, charitable in some way. So, you know, on Kickstarter, you can say, oh, I want to make a, a record or I want to write a book or whatever. Yeah. Please fund me. Whereas with Chuffed, it has to have like some type of charitable angle. And Chuffed have been so supportive. Um, so the first thing was that I went to a workshop with them in London and that was amazing. So I did like a lot of the initial work with them on that workshop, which is just fantastic. Oh, great. So you did the yeah. hands-on stuff on the, on the day. Yeah. And, and you, you know, there's a, uh, sorry, there's a big group of you, so you get feedback immediately. Um, and you get feedback from the guys at Chuff who know what works and what doesn't because they've seen it time and time again. Um, so that was the biggest thing, having their support was amazing. Excellent. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I think having a network, like I haven't got a huge email list myself uh, from my website, uh, but I do have great contacts with people like the Vegan Society and Plant Based News um, and Viva um, and Veganuary. Yeah. as well I've worked with all of those in the past so they were very happy to support it so you need to have like some sort of network so if you don't have like a huge email list yourself then you have to have some other way of getting the message out there um so they were massively supportive um and then with the crowdfunding I mean it's a lot about just like planning and uh social media getting the message out there and then during it as well we had um we had brands and restaurants donate perks so people could uh, give us money, but in exchange, they would get some sort of perk. So we had things like a month's supply of porridge and a month's <laughs> supply of vegan chocolate, um, you know, a meal for two, um, you know, that type of thing. Um, and then we also did our own perks as well, like um, uh, an, an on-set experience where people come 
to the pilot of the shooting of the pilot and and they they take part in it so we also sold things like that um which were greatly successful actually yeah. um they sound really it's... unique which is like yeah. you haven't just kind of thrown together just kind of random perks you know, you've really thought about it and come up with quite unique and creative um perks yeah 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 well it's just amazing that we had all that support from the brands as well um yeah they they they're really supportive of this happening um so they were really generous so you know we're out there and also we had a bunch of volunteers as well who would just like keep sharing stuff for us because it is just about like getting it in front of as many eyes and and you know now social media is so crowded yeah you have to share it so much to to keep reminding people of it but it does it makes you you feel like you're hassling people yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually with all of the noise they may not have seen it as much as you've been sharing exactly it. yeah no that's a good point actually I know what you mean um so no that's fantastic and you shared some really good tips there um which is great yeah about the networks and everything and the unique perks now you've also you were featured um on quite a bit of media lately um you've been on mainstream tv show and I think plant-based news did something where they captioned the video and it got shared a heap of times and that's how actually I heard about you um I must interview this fabulous um so how did that uh media coverage come about day did you approach them did they just find you because they were working on a story or did you hire a publicist how did that sort of come about uh well I've worked quite closely with plant-based news before um and Robbie uh Docky um is quite a good friend of mine um so you know he knew about you know what I was doing and he wanted to feature an article on it you know um and i was of course happy for, for them to do so uh but they're great supporters of of what we do um and vice versa as well yeah. um so that's how that media coverage came about um what about the tv show uh so i was on sky news a few a few weeks ago yeah actually a couple of months ago now um and that i, I was just contacted by twitter uh, by one of the researchers for that and they wanted to feature a story about the the rise of uh, vegan food sales in in supermarkets so I, I went in as an industry expert as that so Excellent. yeah so I found you on like, Twitter that's good to know actually yeah. no that that's that's very good yeah <laughs> journalists that's what I teach a PR course for like for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs and it's one of the things I say is you do need to be on Twitter because that's the platform where a lot of journalists hang out and they look for hashtags they look for experts so that's awesome I might use it as a little example actually yeah. so no, that's that's great Fantastic. yeah and then it all kind of snowballed a bit from there, uh, I think, didn't you? And you, you were sort of suddenly everywhere, which is great. So <laughs> <laughs> what would you say have been the benefits of that main, that kind of coverage to your business? Um, well, I think it does just give you a bit of kind of kudos, you know. Um, Organisations like that, they're kind of like the gatekeepers, <laughs> um, you know. So if, if you if you're featured on something like that then it makes people feel like you're more like a trusted source absolutely um <laughs> yeah yeah it makes it makes you uh you seem more like a, of an expert you know which, which you are 
already it's just it's just getting that getting that coverage yeah um, getting that yeah. third party endorsement because instead exactly. of you saying how fabulous you are which you know you are it's like yeah getting that third party endorsement is is yeah. great yeah yeah absolutely but you know I have to say that that with with every endorsement you know you'll get you'll get people complaining about what you said but right. you have to be okay with that yes yeah. oh absolutely no you can't yeah. please everyone and the, the the more your profile is raised the more you know you're going to get loads of people loving you and then loads of people like you say coming out of the woodwork to critique that but yeah you've got to just go with that mm-hmm. and keep putting out there that's brilliant so Dave yeah. for those people who are uh, maybe at a stage where they're working a day job perhaps like similar to you you know it was an okay kind of job didn't necessarily absolutely hate it but didn't really felt something felt like something was missing and they think they'd like to start up a, you know their own business of some kind what advice would you offer them before making that jump from employee to running their own business um I would definitely say do a play project if if it's possible so whatever business it is that you think you want to do um if you can do it on a kind of part-time basis or you know just trying it out for a weekend or whatever um then do that because you know say for example you know being a chef or um having your own market store selling you know vegan cupcakes or whatever it is quite a lot of people kind of glamorize it because you know they may have enjoyed doing it every now and again when they get to do it as a hobby but how are you going to feel doing it day in day out so you can set yourself you know a little project of you know I guess in the same way that I did with with doing catering from home you know it didn't really put me in any jeopardy essentially like it didn't really change my circumstances in any way I mean I'd already quit my job but um but just trying it out when you don't really have much to lose um because you know do you want to stand on your feet making food 10 hours a day (laughs) or whatever or whatever it is whatever your business is you know what is the reality going to be of it um you know and trying that out uh, as a kind of like mini step towards it and just knowing, you know, finding out is it exactly what you want to do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, building up your contacts as well, you know, having more of a network. Um, and the vegan community is great for that. So, um, you know, we're, I think we're, we're a bit different to other business communities because we're in a way more willing to help each other out because we have a joint cause um and we're a bit I think we're a bit more supportive of each other and I see more collaboration as well um so you know if you if there's something you want to get into that's within veganism getting out there and and meeting more people within the vegan community um you know it is a great start because you you can even talk to them about your idea and they'll give you feedback um you know that people won't want to steal your ideas (laughs) you know (laughs) they'll they'll be quite happy to, to probably help you gonna yeah no I found that as well like, even just like approaching people for interviews to come on the show and they're like you know will you come and share your strategies for success and they're like yeah sure you know because we all want we want more vegan businesses so um yeah. yeah no that's great um now in terms of I know you said you you basically are you a self-taught chef so you know you talked about art school and, and going to art mm-hmm. school like did you need to go to chef or does one need to go to chef school or you know whatever it's called culinary college mm-hmm. or can you just be a self-taught chef and make a, a living 
Yeah, you can. You can absolutely. Yeah. So I, I didn't go to to any schools to learn anything like that because um, I wasn't willing to to go to a course where I had to handle meat and fish oh, okay. and stuff like that. Um, mm. And at that time, the, there were no industry recognised vegan catering courses in the UK. Um, so so you don't have to. Um, and actually, I would say working in a kitchen it's more about learning what happens in that kitchen rather than knowing loads of different recipes. Right. Um, you don't need to know loads of different recipes to work in a kitchen. All you need is the ability to be able to follow a recipe and to do it quickly. That, right. That's really the skill set that you need. Um, and you need to be physically fit. Right. Well. Yes. I'm hearing that actually. Yeah. I'm surprised actually. I didn't even yeah. imagine that you'd have to be lifting. Cause like you say, you know, if you don't work in that industry and you maybe just see mm. a little bit, you know, on the TV, it does seem like, oh, it's this glamorous thing where you're all just being really mm. creative behind the scenes. So no, that, that, mm. that's good to know. And then obviously you've got skills where you've, you've sort of transitioned very nicely into teaching and speaking. And I think I saw on social media, you're teaching something at a college of naturopathy or something, is it? Yeah, yeah. So, so in London, we have a um, the Centre for, for Naturopathic Medicine, um, and they will be starting a vegan natural chef course soon. Nice. So they already run a natural chef course. Um, so it's a healthy, healthy chef course. Um, so it's all you know, juices, smoothies, um, all like healthy foods. Uh, someone fermenting that type of thing. But this will be the first one that is completely vegan. Um, so the course starts in November um, and they're just doing one intake of I think 16 students um, and the course runs for 10 months and it's once every fortnight um, so it, it's something you can fit in when you have a full-time job and, right, right you know that type of thing um, so it is it is made you know, for, for people who are already working really um, but there is only one intake and I'm, I'm actually pushing them to do maybe do more because I think that the, <laughs> the, the demands for it will be really big because right. people are always asking me for a course like this, you know, and where, where they can get, where they can get something like that. Um, so, but yeah, so we're starting in, in November and I'll be the, the tutor on that course. That's so. fantastic. Wow. Yeah. That's great. No, that's really, really good. So in terms of then, I mean, it's great to see that this is happening actually, you know, like you mentioned when, when you first started out, there, there weren't these, you know, vegan or plant-based culinary uh, classes or courses. And, and now, you know, that's starting to happen. Um, so mm -hmm. what's it just kind of wrapping up now, what in terms of your future and your long-term vision for yourself and your brand, where, where do you see that going day? Well, I can't really say too much about it now, but all I can say is that it's quite big. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, a little teaser. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, yeah, I am just working on like a brand strategy and business plan at the moment. Um, but there's going to be a lot of different arms to it. Um, and it is very much about getting into the mainstream for me now. Right, right. Um, and... Yeah, yeah. So that is going to be in lots of lots of different ways. Uh, some of it's going to be aimed at children as well. Um, so so helping them learn about food and get excited about cooking again, um, because 
you know, as as a nation, the UK has kind of forgotten how to cook and, and isn't really interested in it. So, um, but yeah, there's lots of different kind of like elements to it. Um, but yeah, we're just working on the brand at the moment. Oh, it right? sounds it's very be- exciting. And of course, you've hopefully got the, the show as well, the, the cooking show that you're yeah. aiming to. Yeah, yeah, and that will be all kind of part of it. So, you know, it's part kind of teaching but it will also be you know making like products available to people and, and other services as well Wonderful. so it's going to be it's, it's going to be an interesting time exactly. this year's already been mental like for everybody <laughs> like 2017 has been like such a big um such a big year of change um and yeah, how have you so, navigated that? Because, like I said, it is it like it sounds like things are just really going off for you, which is wonderful. How have you sort of navigated that change? Um, how have I navigated it? It's been quite an emotional journey. Um, there have been like quite a lot of like big highs and big lows. Um, I think I'm I'm more mindful of you know not burning out. And being able to like reach out to people when when I do feel quite exhausted because there is there has been like a lot going on because at the same time as like us doing like the big projects there's also been you know just doing the day to day kind of like teaching which and teaching is, is quite an exhausting thing to do because yeah. you're you're talking like throughout the whole day and um, so I think yeah having that support network around me again and not being afraid to reach out to them and say I'm struggling can you please like you know yeah help me a bit or or just you know let me know that a friend's there or something like that whereas I think before I used to just like carry on on my own you know I used I used to just think that this was my fight and I could do it all alone and you know that type of thing I was a bit stubborn like that got it so and when you're going through like these big shifts and changes you need that you need that network so you need people who you can who you can ask for advice you know how did they deal with it or you know how did they balance this thing with this thing or or whatever it is um you know so so that kind of like practical advice um but also the emotional support as well yeah now that makes total sense because like you say on the face of it you know it sounds like okay you've got this tv show you're going to be doing doing this and that you're teaching you've been on sky news and on the outside it sounds very glamorous and i know as well you know i'm up to like one two in the mornings obviously you know doing various stuff there is a lot of work and time and energy that that goes into that so i'm glad that you've touched on that and shared that and uh, you've got a very inspirational journey i love that you know you've you've sort of fell into almost this uh, this new um way of working from having your art degree in fashion to finding something you're passionate about and uh working mm. as a chef and then all these other things that you've managed to accomplish so that you've got these diverse forms of uh, of income I guess so you're not just relying on the one thing and also enabling you to be creative by juggling I guess different types of projects but with, within that that arena so I think you've got an, an amazing journey and I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some great tips and advice so thank you so much for joining me Jay. it's a pleasure thank you for having me so that was vegan chef day radley you can find out more at veganchefday.com and that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 86 now for our vegan business news roundup 
A group of teenagers in New Zealand have sold a vegan cupcake mixture to supermarkets, reports Plant-Based News. The five teens in Year 13 created the product as part of a Young Enterprises scheme in which students start their own businesses. They called their bakery startup Let Them Eat Cake and created the mixture for kids with dairy and egg allergies so they could cook with their parents. Even though the group didn't plan to continue the initiative after their studies, their product, which only needs water added to it, has become so popular that they've decided to stick with it. The low-sugar baking mixture is now sold at Farrow Fresh and New World supermarkets across Auckland. New World Stonefields General Manager James Fabian said that the students had identified and filled a gap in the market. They developed a product that was unique, appealing and that customers are buying, he said. Wonderful. I love it when I hear about young people creating vegan products because it really gives some hope for the future. And I must say, I love the sound of the convenience of this product. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know that I prefer to spend as little time as possible in the kitchen. So just adding water to something is right up my alley. (laughs) Even I can manage that. Great stuff. A meat-heavy Filipino restaurant in Northern California has ditched all animal products and gone vegan, reports Veg News. Nick's Kitchen now has more than 30 plant-based dishes, including comfort food favourites such as meatloaf with mashed potatoes, greens and gravy, pot pie, chicken barbecue, crab cakes and ribs. New owners, Reina Montenegro and Kenny Annis, said they wanted to take the previous meat-laden eatery in a new direction. Food is a comfort and it should be medicine for the body and the mind. And because we incorporate the recipes we all love, meat eaters will be pleasantly surprised and vegans will be thrilled, they said. Fantastic. What with a plant-based food restaurant taking over a Burger King joint, which I reported on last week, and now this, we really are seeing the start of a vegan revolution. Love it. Finally, a vegan handbag company is launching a new range made from Pinatex pineapple leather. The HFS Collective, which stands for Hipsters for Sisters, makes ethical hands-free belt bags in Los Angeles to liberate women from their luggage. Owners Deborah and Rachel Denniston have come up with a stylish alternative to the fanny pack, or bum bag as it's known in the UK and Australia, and their new Pinatex range will be available from their website from the 14th of September. That's 2017 if you're listening in the future. The line will comprise a crossbody tote, two belt bags and a wallet. It's great to see more fashion brands make use of Pinatex, which is made from the leaves of pineapples, which would otherwise go to waste. Stylish, ethical and sustainable are no longer mutually exclusive. Excellent. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more resources, including details of my media and PR consultations, copywriting, editing and proofreading services to help you grow your vegan business. 
I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business, and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now. 